partner in crime. Welcome back to the Super Flexible Podcast, episode 126. Rocking out today with John Lobb at Gridiron Scholar 91. Did I get that right? That is correct. That is correct. Like, oh man, fingers crossed. That was off memory, so that's pretty good. Uh, usually when I'm with John, we're talking about <laughs> the young guys, the rookies coming in, some Devi guys, and I'm sure some of that will come up today. But we're, we we needed a little break from that. We need some of John's super flexible head. So, John, you're not getting out of <laughs> you know, here without a little of that. But definitely some free you know agency. You funny, dude? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I wanted to buy super flex city tickets. I went to get an airline ticket. I typed it in, and there's no super flex city. I'm so mad. I, I, I could have sworn it was a place, my friend. Oh, it, it's I was a place. Like, Come it's, on. it's building. It's <laughs> Kind of like at the it just, I mean, what's below a village? I don't know. It'll it'll be on the landmarks soon, but the airport's not there. You just can't fly there yet. You had to drive, I'm trying to drive the city, not fly. <laughs> I was hoping they had an airport. Hopefully soon. Take that's when we'll really take off, dude. So a little bit of free agency talk. I've got to ask you, John, in a super flex startup. What are you doing with a 101? You have the 101. Right now, Josh Allen, Bills. Over Mahomes. Yes. I don't like that Kansas City offensive line. I don't know how much longer Andy Reid is going to be there. He's won a Super Bowl. He's be- he's 68, I believe. I know he's in his late 60s. He's accomplished everything that any human being would want to. I have to believe Travis Kelsey is on the backside of his career. I want the ascending team, the ascending organization, and the ascending quarterback, and that's Josh Allen right now. I love this hot, hot fire, man. Everybody's going crazy <laughs> right now, and, I, and I'm a Josh Allen guy, so I love this. So with free agency, I wasn't even go this direction, but do you think that Emmanuel Sanders is going to help Josh Allen 2021? I'm a big believer you can never have too much talent. It's the same thing in baseball with relief pitching. There is no such thing as too much middle relief or short, you know, closers. You can't have enough. Injuries occur in this game all the time. That is a great signing to bring in a veteran who I believe has been to three Super Bowls. I still do believe that Cole Beasley right now is the better wide receiver. We have Gabriel Davis. And, of course, you have the superstar, Stephon Diggs. Why not bring in another good wide receiver who, can, who if he has to start, he can start. Four receiver yep. formations, a beast. Do I think he's a difference maker? No, unless there's an injury. 
Um, I am on a dynasty team. I can't get anything for him. Sure. So I will I will hold him simply because if someone goes down in Buffalo, then Emmanuel Sanders has more value. Would I draft him in a redraft? In a redraft? Absolutely not. I'll also say this, Shane. The Bills need a running back. We all know it. I don't know if the organization is in the same position I am thinking-wise. they got to get running back. I had a thought while I was studying and research. Uh-oh. I think, the, I think the Bills will go defense or offensive line in the first round. Then I started to think about it. I did some research on Trey Sermon, and I've fallen in love with Trey Sermon a little bit more throughout this process. And here's what I found in my research that really opened my eyes to something. His quarterbacks in college, Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts, and um, Trey and um, Justin Fields. Who do those all remind you of, my friend? Oh, a little bit of Josh Allen. Is that where you're going with this? He's the perfect scheme fit yeah. for Josh Allen. Yeah. He's the perfect scheme fit. Yeah, he I love it. He can catch the ball. You don't have to pay a lot for him. He might be there in the third round. I also like him. He would be a nice pairing with Devin Singletary or Zach Moss, whichever one you keep. Probably, in my book, Singletary. I mean, they'd probably keep all three. I have Trey Sermon graded much higher than Zach Moss. Trey Sermon would look really nice in a Bills uniform. And now Buffalo doesn't have to pay for a rookie wide receiver. You got Emmanuel there Sanders. You go. There you go. Let me that's, ask you this. That's, that's what it does, Shane. See, people don't look at the other components of a tr- of a free agent signing. It's not that Emmanuel Sanders is going to come in and light up right, the world. Right. That's not the point. Exactly. It allows you to no longer have to deal with the wide receiver position in the track. You yep. have it locked down. You're yep. done. Yep. Plus you have Isaiah McKenzie, right? So you're done. Well, and like you said, Gabriel Davis, but do you think that cuz this is where I go quickly too. Do you think that Emmanuel Sanders is an upgrade from John Brown? I do. And that's kind of where I'm at. Okay. I'll tell you why. He runs a more complex route tree than John Brown. Yep. He can can toe tap for crying out loud. He's a true wide receiver. Yes. And he can run. You could play him inside and outside. And Emmanuel Sanders is going like, if you have an injury in the third quarter, knock on wood, I don't want one. Yep. But if you do and you say, Mr. Sanders, go out and play the X. Yep. He's going to play a competent X for, you know, a quarter and a half. Yeah. And those those types of players are invaluable when you are putting together a roster for an NFL team trying to win the Super Bowl. No, I so, completely agree. Yes. So I think and I do think he's better than John Brown at this point. Yeah, I don't think he gets enough credit for how quickly he was traded to the 49ers and started to be viable there yeah. and help the team out yeah. with just like mediocre quarterback play and then he goes to the Saints and he puts up a yes. little over 700 yards still with again yes. like breeze and crummy quarterback play and just like from and even these like even some of the best veterans don't acclimate to new offenses that quickly and Emmanuel Sanders has shown at this age that he can just go to a team and learn it quickly and I think he's good for six to eight hundred yards in that offense and it's not going to be anything that 
like you said, flashes fantasy relevance for very long, but I think that he helps out Josh Allen a lot. Like oh my you're, God, you're yeah. 101 overall. Like Josh Allen, 101 overall. I think maybe you've heard that here first. And, and I freaking love it. Man, it's so hard for me to hop on this train with you. But, man, I I mean, I have a lot of Josh Allen. But, man, it's still so hard. But you could probably, like, the move to make, especially if you're loving what John's saying here, is to go take your Mahomes and get Josh Allen plus. Because you can pull that move off and you'll your team will be fine. Fine and dandy. Shane, I am worried about the division differences also. The Chargers are ascending. The Broncos have just shored up their secondary. Mm -hmm. You know why Denver shored up their secondary? Specifically to stop Patrick Mahomes. You cannot win that division if you can't stop Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. They are loaded in the secondary right now. Loaded. Plus, you have to deal with Justin Herbert and Keenan Allen. Look what Josh Allen plays. The New York Jets, who are a train wreck. The um, the uh, um, the the New England Patriots. We don't really know where they're going, but obviously it's still Bill Belichick. So there are con- some challenges there, and maybe the ascending Miami Dolphins. We like where they're going, but what division would you rather be playing in? Right. The AFC East or the AFC West? Yeah, I'll take the AFC East any day of the week. Yep. So, man, you mentioned the Jets. They had Corey Davis. Yes. The Dolphins had Will Fuller. Yes. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Like, the other ones just... Two tight ends, New England. New England, yes. Man, I, I don't know what I how and, I feel about what New England did in free agency, to be honest. And Aguilar. You. Yep. And Aguilar. And Cam well, Newton. Well, what do you want to talk about first? Hit me up. I, okay, Tom. and what Cam Newton. And Cam Newton. This is what I want to know. This is the question of the yes. show. Like the one that could get you kicked off <laughs> <laughs> that quickly. <laughs> Who will have more fantasy points, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Cam Newton, or Andy Dalton? It won't be Dalton. So because he doesn't get me anything with his legs, and I think he's capped in that Chicago offense. So let's take Andy Dalton off the table, even though I think he is a sneaky best ball number three quarterback. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Cam Newton? Cam Newton had 12 rushing touchdowns, which I can't imagine him duplicating. But I think he had, what, eight passing touchdowns. There's no way he can be that bad if he plays again. I mean, he had one of the worst seasons throwing the football. If he plays again. Like he said, if he plays. I will say this. I think if I had a bet, 75% will go to Ryan Fitzpatrick. 25% odds that it is Cam Newton. You're relying too much on his legs in New England. I actually think this is such an upgrade for Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it's not because of necessary McLaurin and Curtis Samuel and Antonio Gibson, even though I like the pieces and Logan Thomas. Don't get me wrong. I think it's an upgrade because of the defense. I think that Washington football club defense, dude, is on the verge of almost being spectacular. What, and what, if, they, what if I told no, you what if I told you Ryan Fitzpatrick has only played sixteen games sixteen games three times in his sixteen year career? I'm not surprised. Because even last year he missed well, he was benched and then he missed the last game 
late, right? Because he got sick yep. and all that stuff. The last um, time he what? did it was 2015. Let me ask you this. When was the last time Cam Newton played 16 games? Because I think we're in both the same ballpark yeah. here. Well, so, but to be clear, the, the, I want Andy Dalton. Ah! Well, I'll say this. If you want a player who's more likely to be healthy, it's Andy Dalton. But I have no comp. What's the upside in Chicago, man? Like, where's... I mean... You're right. High high floor. It's arguably the best quarterback that Allen Robinson has ever played for. I think it is. You know? Like, I think that he's kind of... I think it's arguably. You know? So the upside is there. He's got... Darnell Mooney a second season and I like Darnell Mooney more with Allen Robinson there than without oh, of course. up and coming yes. Cole Komet maybe Anthony Miller shows up this year I mean there were <laughs> weeks even like for for the game that we play there were weeks last year where Mitch Trubisky had very viable fantasy points it's not sexy or flashy but I think that you can get that out of Dalton I would rather pay the minimum price for an Andy Dalton type player than Cam Newton or Ryan Fitzpatrick completely honestly so I'll tell you how I would look at it I'm a cheapskate I would take whichever is the last one off sure I don't hate that at all and I could see it being Dalton in most cases so that was the big, the big moment of the day, the big question. So yeah, I, I think I'm taking Dalton there. And then another question I wanted to ask you, this one, because I told people we were going to definitely be talking about some rookies, but it's a question that I've wanted to start asking people on Rookie Fever 2 more, is Devontae Smith or Jamar Chase? Oh, Jamar Chase. I mean, I have Jamar Chase at number one in my um, rookie rankings. I have Devonta Smith at number three. So I'm big into Jamar Chase. And I understand there's definitely a little bit of risk there because we don't really have very many examples of a player who took a season off and won during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, usually it would be an injury or maybe some some really bizarre off-the-field incident, you know, something that's just really, you know, who knows, something crazy in the classroom, something maybe outside of the football field. This is the first time that we have a, a, you know, a receiver who's a brilliant prospect who, because of the unprecedented pandemic, decided to take the whole season off. So I understand there's risk there. But when I look at Jamar Chase's 2019 film, Shane, he's unbelievable, my friend. Yeah. Swags, he's special. And I like Devonta Smith. I have Devonta Smith number three. So I'm not too worried about the size. And he allegedly had a gallon of water, and he weighed 170 today at the my at the Alabama Pro Day, <laughs> which isn't a big but. He can win with speed, athleticism, fluidity, route running, intelligence, ball skills. I do like Devonta Smith. I will say landing spot in the end will matter. If Jamar Chase go, let me just take an absurd standing. Jamar Chase goes to the New York Jets, and Devonta Smith goes with Dallas. Well, please, I'm taking the the, the asset attached to um, Dak Prescott more than the New York Jets quarterback. But all things equal, I have Devon, I have Jamar Chase number one right now. Yeah, I I would agree with you. Just just wanted to get it from the Devi expert. <laughs> so, what free agency moves have 
influenced you a little bit to make any kind of moves within your Superflex Dynasty teams? Have you seen any like that? Like, did you get any interest in AJ Green, who you probably can't move? Like, do you like that landing spot? Any of those running backs that have landed? Carlos Hyde, Jamal Williams? Anything right. that's made you One. furious or, or happy? <laughs> well, I don't understand AJ Green. I'm not going to own one share of A.J. Green anywhere. I, I I just don't see it. He was peppered with targets last year in Cincinnati early in the year. They, they did everything they could to get A.J. Green to become an asset in the receiving game. I think they almost wanted to trade him, but he played so poorly, even they, the they Bengals played. They couldn't move him. Yeah. So I have no interest in very old wide receivers like that. I might agree with you. Allen Robinson, I, well, let me say, I agree with you. Allen Robinson has never had a better quarterback. So I think maybe this is the year he could really achieve his ceiling. Plus the game script might be pretty beneficial to Andy Dahl and him. I don't think the Bears are going to be very good. So maybe you have the benefit of a better quarterback upgrade and – an advantageous game script where Chicago is going to be playing from behind off. That's a good point. Um, I think the biggest, yeah, I I like that. I love Galladay ending up in New York from a NFL standpoint. What you have done, and I agree with Gettleman, and I'm not a Gettleman fan, so for me to say I agree with Gettleman is quite a leap of faith there. But what he's done, it's the simpatico of your target share and how your lineup looks. Kenny Galladay is your clear alpha male X receiver. You've got to have that. Well, why is that important? It makes Sterling Shepard a better asset in the slot. Why is that important? Now you have Darius Slayton seeing more single coverage, less likely to have a safety over the top. I believe I had read somewhere that Darius Slayton was one of the heaviest targeted wide receivers deep in the NFL. They just never connected either double oh, coverage, wow. safety. Yeah. Like it was, it, the numbers were terrible, but the targets were there. What if he's more efficient on less targets? Cause he has the much better matchup. Yeah. You know, so that's important. Imagine Saquon Barkley, you're clearing defenses deep. You end up with running two nine patterns with Darius Slayton and Kenny Galladay, and you're leaking Saquon Barkley out into the flat. Please. I mean, you haven't even mentioned Evan Ingram. Yeah. No, you're right. You got Evan Ingram dominating. So this this helps everything. So now the question is how much faith I have in Daniel Jones. He has showed us that he can be competent. I'll say this. I don't give up on a quarterback in two years. He's better than Trubisky after two years. He obviously hasn't made that leap to the Josh Allen or one of the great quarterbacks. Right. But I'm I'm willing to give him, Shane, one more year, hopefully. And now I'll say this. Now the Giants can go out and draft defense or offensive line. They don't have to remember. If you were looking at the mock drafts in January – Giants wide receiver, Giants wide receiver, Giants wide receiver. Guess what, folks? They don't have to. They they be crazy, especially in a loaded wide receiver class. You yep. now 
you now can get a fourth round wide receiver. Maybe you hit gold or get another Darius Slate, a good receiver, right? Late in the draft who can be a member of your rotation. So that's very huge to sign Galladay. I haven't finalized my Daniel Jones, but I'll say this. As a third quarterback in a super flex, I like him very much, especially at the price. He's going to be in best ball. He's going to come almost cheap because everyone got burned. Now, I got lucky last year because the price was too high. I like Daniel Jones, but by the time redraft came around, the price was too high. So I didn't have any Daniel Jones. But there were millions of people who spent a lot on Daniel Jones last year. And now the narrative is negative, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, he fell down against Philadelphia. He tripped on the grass. You know, blah, blah, blah. Hey, that's what I want to buy. I'll jump in on a first-round draft pick who – and I would love, I'd be so happy if they draft an offensive lineman, my friend. The Giants still need help on the O-line. Mm-hmm. So let's improve that O-line. I like that. I'm very interested in Curtis Samuel in Washington. Yeah. He's going to a, love you know, that. Yeah. I'll be the first one. I did not like when Washington signed Ron Rivera. Okay. But now, but now I understand they wanted professional competency and they've gotten that out of ron rivera he's put together a defense he never wavered on drafting chase young and we now see how incredibly good chase young is and chase young was the missing chess piece in that front seven ron rivera unlocked the other defensive dominators in the front four by having the future all pro in Chase Young because you've got to deal with that young man, which opens everything else up. Yeah. So he brought, you know, and he brought in a level of professionalism. And I don't use that word much because I know that word can be subjective. But I'll say this, over a lifetime, over a lifetime of experience, Mm -hmm. you know professionalism when you see it. And Ron Rivera is a professional. So bringing in Curtis Samuel is a perfect professional move to help that offense. Think about the passing game now. We mentioned it already. Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Curtis Samuel, and Antonio Gibson. That's a nice core with um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, my friend. Yeah, yeah. And Riviera, I mean, he got his guy from the the Panthers, you know, and so you can expect to see Samuel out of the backfield at least probably averaging a touch or two a week. And yeah, I like it a lot. I like Logan Thomas too. Like that's an excellent mention there cuz I think you can get him relatively cheap. Another one though that oh. I've started to like more and more the more I let it set in. And I know we don't know exactly who the quarterback's going to be for the Jets or what's going to happen there, but I've started to kind of think like Corey Davis would be a good wide receiver to pivot to because I think you could probably get him for a relatively cheap price right now just because people don't like that. But you're either going to have Sam Darnold or they're going to draft a quarterback. I will say this for the price, I would be willing, I would definitely do it for a fourth round draft pick in a dynasty league. No question. Yep. I would probably do it do for a third could? round draft. If you could, you have to jump at it. Yeah. I, I would probably do it for a third. 
I'd have to look at roster construction, but I think Corey Davis for a third round draft pick is not a bad, it's a fair price to pay in a dynasty league for the potential alpha male in New York. Now, I'm not sure if he'll ever hit his ceiling when that we thought of him when he came out of Western Michigan. And I believe he was the fifth pick overall that year. I don't think he'll ever hit that ceiling. But I could see between 800 and 1,000 yards with the Jets over the next two to three years. Yeah, I, I don't hate that at all. And, I mean, he started to show flashes a couple times here and there, and then he gets yes. A.J. Brown to start taking the show away from him a little bit. And I don't know. I, if Man, if I can do it for a third, I absolutely will. I, I question if you could, though. Uh, I mean, I, I would say this. This year's class in the second round is very valuable. I don't think I would give up a second-round pick because I like the depth in the second round, my friend. Would you rather have Denzel Mims or Corey Davis? Ooh, good question. I'm still going to be on Team Davis because my I I like I liked him better than Mims coming out of college, and we've seen flashes of Davis's upside in the NFL. We have not seen that yet with Denzel Mims. Sure. Sure. So do you, you know, think you could see, get I'm Denzel not... Mims for a third? Oh, I think you could in a heartbeat. Hmm. I think you could. I'd probably He's make a jet that move. Coming off a bad rookie. Yeah, I, I do think you could make that move. I'm all in. I'm I'm all about so buying low on that offense. Here, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Here, look at this. In two of the last three years, Corey Davis has had eight hundred or ninety one yards and above. And he's been pretty healthy overall. 16, 15, and 14 games played in the last three years, my friend. Okay, not bad. So I do like, and he's only 26. Yep, younger than uh, So, Galladay. yeah, I like Corey Davis. Yep, I think Galladay's yes, he 27, is, right. 28. And you would have to pay a first-round pick for Galladay. Yep. So give me Corey Davis in that scenario. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go try to get some Corey Davis added to some teams after today's show for sure. Yeah, I don't mind that pick because you're going to get a good player at a really fair, probably an undervalued market price. Well, I'm just looking here. He had 984 yards. He averaged 15.1 yards per reception. You have people talking about him like he was a complete disaster. He was not a disaster last year. He was actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah, he really was. I mean, he was almost having like a breakout season, really. Yes, he did. I mean... If he doesn't miss two games, he probably ends up with 1,100 yards receiving, my friend. Yep. And, and, I mean, if you remember, too, the Titans had a weird season at the beginning. They had some COVID issues, really, <laughs> like they could never hit a rhythm. Oh, you're so, right. I mean, it was a weird season for the Titans. Yeah, that might be a good, you know, you, you hit on something, my friend. I think that's a good pickup, Corey Davis, there. Oh, my God, he might be a steal for the third round. Oh, yeah. I Honestly, man, I wonder if people do it for a third round. Sometimes I'm surprised by the stuff people don't do for a third round pick. So, And then sometimes I'm surprised by the stuff <laughs> they, right. that they do as well. So I guess there's two sides to every coin. One thing that I am kind of a little frustrated with and don't quite understand is Kenyon Drake going to the Raiders. And completely, you know, seemingly friend, killing Josh Jacobs' value. But how will it affect his production? I'm. Let me let me say my first response. 
I don't want to pile on, but I think I have to. I do not understand what the Raiders are doing. They remind me of the kid who comes to class and has an oral presentation, and it's supposed to be seven slides, and he's only done three, and he forgot what his topic was. (sighs) And they try to BS their way through the whole presentation. Why, in a million years, are you signing Kenyon Drake as the Raiders? We know, we understand that the running back position is one of the most replaceable positions. Kenyon Drake has had a, a lot of opportunities, never really seized it in Miami for various reasons, and Adam Gase wasn't exactly a help. Last year, the Cardinals gave him the, the running game, and he was good, but he wasn't worth the draft capital like in redraft leagues. Why are you signing Kenyon Drake as a free agent for all that money? When you can get an equivalent player in round three of the NFL draft. Yeah, he's 27. It makes, dude, it's crazy. Like, I thought, I thought we had destroyed this narrative. And I'm old, so I grew up in the era of Walter Payton, Earl Campbell, Franco Harris, OJ Simpson. When the running backs were the star of the teams, like literally the stars of the league. And when I was a young man and uh, and I lived through the Emmett Thomas year, or, sorry, Thurman Thomas, Emmett Smith years in the early 90s when we first started playing fantasy football and the running was everything. But I've even now, I'm not, you know, close-minded enough. I understand that the running mission is somewhat dependent on scheme, on the players around him, coaching staff. While, yes, there are a few transcendent talents, and I do believe players like Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, you know, they're transcendent. A lot of them are so dependent on the system and the team. How is Kenyon Drake at all a difference maker, my friend? Yeah. It's completely illogical. Unless they're just starting to get concerned about those moments when Josh Jacobs is playing unhealthy and they want to have somebody that they can put in there to spell him and have somebody that can take some of those opportunities. But I I feel like this is going to be one of those situations in the end that if Josh Jacobs is, that's Josh Jacobs job to lose still, in my opinion. And if he's playing well enough, they're not just going to take him off the field. No. And and doesn't this, doesn't this like hurt your cat moving forward? Yeah. It hurts. I mean, you're telling me that we know for a fact that Michael Carter, Kenny Gainwell, as a third round draft pick, is it better than Kenyon Drake? I understand there's risk, but we just saw James Robinson, an undrafted free agent. Yeah. We saw two, three years ago, Philip Lindsay. An undrafted free agent. What are the Raiders doing? This is a terrible decision from a personnel and cap kind of analytical model. It makes zero sense, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I guess like the in the end, and it kills. Like, yeah, would but would you be willing to throw in an offer for Josh Jacobs at this point and trying to buy low? I would try to buy low. Yes. You're taking a risk, but I would try to buy low. You are going to get him low. 
Very cheap. A second? 206? I would have to look on roster construction. I would be more comfortable giving up a third-round pick. Yeah, nobody's doing that, though. Second right? round, I mean, would I give up a second? I mean, I mean, dude, <sighs> I sent out a third-round yeah, yeah. pick and a fifth-round pick yesterday just to try to stash Joshua Kelly, and I don't even really like him anymore, and that offer was rejected. <laughs> that offer was rejected. Really yeah. You know what I mean? Just on a team where I feel like I need to stash some running backs because I don't like my depth. And so for yeah, a yeah. third and a fifth, and that was rejected. So I don't feel like I can get Josh Jacobs for a third. Now, you're, if, if that's true, then you're not going to. And you're not drafting a running back that's going to help your team in a third. No, not likely. Not at all. No. I mean, um, unless you I hit on see- somebody like James Robinson, like you mentioned. But that's a huge if to hit. Yeah, and he was mostly undrafted free agent in yep. most leagues. Well, yep. unless you were like a unless you were like a seven run dynasty, then maybe. But most of mine are four rounds, maybe five. I picked him um, up off waivers. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I saw him on waiver. I don't yep. think I don't think there was a league that I played in last year, and I had sixteen leagues. I don't think there was one team that he wasn't on waivers in late August. Yeah. So. Um, so I, how about this? And I'm not trying to wiffle waffle. I would go at if I have a pick less than 18 overall for Josh Jacobs. So that would be two seven or lower. Uh, okay. I don't think I do it for two. I don't think I do it for an early two because the wide receivers available on the board there are outstanding. Yeah, that man, it's interesting. I'm gonna. I'm going to be sending offers out for Jacobs now, Denzel Mims, and Corey Davis, just because I want to feel the market out on these players a lot. Start with some of the offers we've talked about on the show. Probably. I would love to hear the Corey Davis market. That's interesting, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'll definitely let you know for sure. For sure. Um, and then we have, like we've mentioned James Robinson a lot. So Carlos Hyde to the Jags. Do that's you care? That's the best news for, yeah, that's the best news for James Robinson yes. we could ever have. Thank you. Because Carlos Hyde, Carlos Hyde cannot carry the load. He's your veteran backup. If he has to play in week 12, you can plug him in there. If you if somehow the Jaguars are winning a game, you know, let's say they're up 31 to 3 in the fourth quarter, you can put Carlos Hyde in there. He's the type of veteran running back, but he is in no danger of taking the job away from James Robinson in my book. Now, I agree. we do have a monkey, right? We have a monkey wrench because we don't know what Urban Meyer thinks. Right. So there's always some risk there. Um, but right now, looking at the way the roster is constructed in Jacksonville, you have to, you have to assume that James Robinson is the starter in 2021. Also, I think the Jaguars with so many needs – on offense, bringing in a franchise quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. James Robinson and Carlos Hyde are fine for Trevor Lawrence's rookie year on that team. Yep. I would not I would not invest in a running back right now. Wait until Trevor Lawrence is in his second or third season when you have a team around him that you think can challenge for an AFC championship slash Super Bowl then get your stud running back. That's how I would play it if I was Jacksonville. Yeah, or, or even see how James Robinson does for you at that, you know. Yeah, I mean, maybe he is the real deal, yep. right? Yep. 
If, if that position well, you can have, year. yeah, yep, at that price for James Robinson, and then you bring in Carlos Hyde, and you know it doesn't mean that they're done either. Maybe they see somebody in the draft oh. fall to the right spot and they grab him. They do have a lot of draft sure. picks, so could definitely absolutely. Be a they spot. could probably get a they could get a fourth round running back, right? Who yep. could maybe contribute? No question. Yeah. Yep. Man, what was the other one I wanted to mention? It's going to pop in my head and be so simple. It's going to annoy me. Well, I think Chris Carson has buried all the skeletons of Rashad Penny. Mm, yes. Time- I remember now. Yeah. Time to get rid of your Rashad. Get rid of those Rashad Penny shears immediately. Yeah. yeah. Man, I've been trying. <laughs> um, any, any little bit of good news that you've had for Penny over the last couple months, hopefully like you're trying to get something for him because, uh, I don't know, I'm just not one to like really care about three or four year breakout running backs to be completely honest with you so he's kind of one i moved on from i did want to ask you how did you feel about juju going back to the steelers because we had this amazing value rise in claypool over that week or two with free agency and assuming that juju is going to be gone how did that make you feel for kind of the the wide receiver room in Pittsburgh and Juju himself. It's only a one-year deal, we know. I. It is all about Ben Roethlisberger, in my opinion. Ben Roethlisberger, I think he had like the, wasn't he in like the bottom five for yards per attempt in the NFL? And Juju and Deontay Johnson were like at uh, among the very worst at yards per catch or yard per thrown. What's that? What's that? A dot is that what they call it? I forgot what the term is. Like how mm-hmm. far they're running patterns. Uh, yeah, I think that's and they're right. They're getting the ball. Through. So those, but it was. I, I didn't even need numbers to see it. Just watch the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I mean he was throwing. You know Ben Roethlisberger, his arm is shot. He's at the very very end. He can't get the ball vertically down the field. Yep. I do think that this hurts Chase Claypool because Chase Claypool is your deep threat. You want him in single coverage, one-on-one vertically, where he can use his size and his physicality against smaller cornerbacks in one-on-one coverage. This leaves Juju and Deontay Johnson as the quick-twitch athletes gaining immediate separation and getting peppered with targets within the five yards of the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah. Yep. That's It's good for Juju, you know? Yep. So I, I mean, and, and yeah, I, mean, I was surprised. Look, I was, I just looked. no, go ahead. Oh no, you're fine. Well, I was just gonna say to be fair. I mean, oh, he had a hundred and twenty-eight. He had a hundred and twenty-eight targets. That's insane, dude. Yeah, and to be Look, fair, like Claypool could crazier. still be back next year. Like it's only a one-year deal, so you, we might just need yes. to be a little bit more patient on it. But I bet there are a lot of dynasty teams that wish they didn't pay quite so much for Claypool within that couple week period of time when we were speculating so much cuz even like you mentioned with like Chris Carson and these guys all start like landing back on the teams that we thought they were going to leave and changed I want to say it changed so much but it really kept it the same it only changed what we perceived to be happening but yeah just uh, the free agency period didn't have as much movement as we thought this is to my friend. He averaged 8.6 yards a reception last year. 8.6. I bet you there's running back in the league with above 8.6. 
Here's what his reception sends Ben Here's Ben Roethlisberger and Juju. 15.8, 12.8, 13.1, down to 8.6. Wow. Woo! Ben can't get the ball down the field. Yeah. And, and you know, you mentioned Buffalo needs a running back. They need a running back. Oh, they they almost I almost think they have to draft the running back in the first or second round. Yep. If they're going I, I mean, for it while they've it, got Ben, they absolutely I, I agree. Yep. I don't see how they can risk um a third round draft pick at running back. Personally, I think they have to take one of the big three. Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, or Javonta Williams. Yep. But that's just my they've gotta get they got to run the ball in Pittsburgh. They have to. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. Absolutely. That's kind of what I've been thinking as well, especially with them not really tapping into free agency or, or making a trade for one. So And you can't bring back James Conner as your starter. No. That's crazy. No. He's not And I like James Conner. Oh but yeah. You can't do it. Right. James Conner is a great story. But I mean honestly for the place they're at and their team you they you can't need... risk your team. Yep. It is a great story. Yep. But they're there's no way I can do that right now when I got one year left, maybe, of Ben Roethlisberger. I got to get a running back in there, man. I got to yep. get someone to help my quarterback. Yeah, I, I feel you 100%. So, my friend, this has been You a know, they might go offensive line in the first yeah. round. Yeah. Maybe a, maybe a running – or a, a lineman in the first round and a running back in the second round. Yeah, I, I would love that too. Man, could you imagine that? That's the kind of move you need to see him make, like improving the O-line and getting a running back. Yeah, I'm all yes. in. Yes. They've got plenty of, <laughs> plenty of weapons there. So I know you don't want oh, to yeah. go, John, but I'm going to get us out of here unless you oh, have okay, a couple brother. things you want to touch on from free agency to wrap it up on our way out. Tell them anything you no, want just... to know about you, what you're doing. Absolutely. Um. First, please follow me on Twitter at GridironSkull91. I couldn't afford the A and the R, so it is GridironSkull91. I appreciate all followers. Love to interact with them. That's how I met my man Shane here. Yeah. Met him online. Yep. yep. Um, also, big new announcement at the Kings Classic. Sorry, at the Fantasy Football Expo in Canton, Ohio. Uh, um, we are joining the Kings Classic Leagues, but our difference this year, working with Bob Lung, is we are going to do the first ever that I can find college fantasy football live draft. Nice. We are going to we are going to do it at the Kings Classic on Saturday morning. It will be broadcast simultaneously. We'll we'll put it out on podcast format. We'll probably have it on a couple YouTube channels for people who love college fantasy football so i'm really looking forward to meeting people at the fantasy football expo in canton ohio over the summer it's the weekend of august 14th and 15th so please join us out there and please go to youtube type in rookie big board and my partner matt hicks and i we have our show the draft seminar right now we have 35 10 minute episodes that give you all the information you need on right now 35 prospects in this year's NFL draft. We also have 10 or 15 more scheduled in the next three weeks. I forgot how many we're going to. Such a perfect uh, but time. But you can check to, those out. Just the 10 minutes, just quick, perfect times for yes. those. You can, you can watch one or two at lunch. Yep. You're done. You can watch 
real quick. And then what we will do the last weekend before the draft, Matt and I come out with our positional pre-draft rankings of all the players. Awesome, man. Appreciate you as always, brother. This is at SuperFlexiblePod, at SuperFlexCity. He's John Lobb. I'm Swagzilla0G. We are out of here. Some Zach Reed for you on the way out. (laughs) Hey, man. And we are sending offers for Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Joshua Jacobs. (laughs) I feel like Jacobs is the one, if you send anybody an offer for Joshua Jacobs, they're at least going to counter you. Like, they're going to want to get, they're like, wow, somebody's interested in Jacobs. I'm definitely going to at least counter this. (laughs) You know what? Also, you might want to try to send Kenyon Drake. To the Josh Jacobs owner. Sell him on the idea that you need his backup. There you go. I like it. His backup. I didn't think, yeah, say, hey, why don't you invest in the Raiders run game? Then you're not in trouble if something happens through the season. Yep. You know Jacobs has gotten hurt the last couple of years. You might want you might want some Kenyon Drake. There you go. Sounds perfect. Because Drake doesn't do you any good right now. <laughs>